I'm kind of glad that uh, Cam was just getting the opportunity to really just get his body back. He's going to get time to recover. He's going to be back to being Cam Newton, the difference maker that he can be instead of trying to play hurt, literally be Superman. Welcome to 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. Real NFL player talk, unfiltered, unrestricted, and of course, uninterrupted. This week we're talking about the almighty Pats going down to video game Lamar Jackson. We're talking odd jobs, we're also talking our mid-season all-star teams, you know, NFL street style. I'm your host Dave Burleson, and as always, I got the rest of the 17-week squad with me. Out in Buffalo, it's Cole Beasley. Cole caught another touchdown from Bills quarterback Josh Allen. And on this show, Cole reveals how ex-teammate Dak Prescott became the Cowboys starter. Going into the season thinking Romo's going to be your guy, you, you work with him all offseason, and then, you know, things happen and it's it's next man up. Out in L.A., we have Jalen Ramsey. He's fresh off the bot. Jalen's going to give us simple tips about how to handle social media trolls after a game. Block them or turn off your notifications. I know for Twitter, I have my notifications completely off. Lastly, it's our superstar running back, Le'Veon Bell, who's going to be telling us what he'd be doing if he wasn't, well, you know, a superstar running back. I think I'd be involved with animals in some type of way. All the animals that got fur, you know, like hamsters and even little mice, you know, dogs, obviously, cats. I, I love I love animals like that. And as always, I might run it back and share a quick story from my NFL playing days. This is 17 Weeks. Quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to them on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, and share the show on social media, fam. All right, let's get to the show. Let's head out to Buffalo where Cole and the 6-2 Bills took care of the Washington Redskins at home. Cole's becoming a go-to red zone target for Josh Allen. And you know what? He's getting used to this whole celebrating thing. You know, it was really a play we had in for a few weeks now. Uh, we just haven't ran it in any game. I guess waiting for the right situation to call it. Dave's dialed it up, and then, uh, you know, Josh made a great throw, and I was able to get open and, you know, get the, the first points on the board. I do got a story for you guys, though. So when I scored my touchdown this week, you know, I, I spiked the ball, and then naturally, after last week, jumping in the stands, I had a lot of fun doing that and actually said on a on an interview that I was going to do it again if I got in there, and I did. So I was looking around, and these guys were, like, signaling me over in the crowd. I was really excited to go jump in there, and I came out of there smelling like straight-up beer. Somebody spilt beer all over me, and it, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was making everybody smell my arm because I had beer all over it. And they thought it was like a sick joke at first, but I was like, no, I'll just smell it. <laughs> Like we're getting drunk out here right now. We're partying. <laughs> it was a it was a good it was a good time. I partied with the fans. Time to check in with Jalen, who told us he's planning on doing some house hunting on the week off. What's it looking like out there in the city of Angels? I did a lot of house hunting. I house hunted every single day that I was out here. I haven't found anything yet that fits what what I'm looking for or what I need. So still on the search. My family comes and visits a lot, whether it's my mom, whether it's my daughters, whatever, my brothers and his kids, they visit and they they will be visiting a lot. So I want to make sure I have a lot of space, of course. But also I, I, want, a, I want a modern house and not too far from the facility. I'm probably being a little too picky right now, but I feel like you got to be comfortable in the home that you live in, right? You got to, um, you spend a lot of your time there. Your family spends a lot of time there. So 
Uh, I am being a little picky, but I think uh, I deserve to be. I mean, Dubai week came at a really good time for me, uh, really good time. But honestly, I, I was ready to get back to football real quick. So happy I'm back in the groove of things right now. My first official full week out here in LA with the team. I'm excited. It was a tough week for Lev and the Jets. New York gave the league worst Dolphins their first W. Lev needed an MRI Monday after the game. But as always, Lev keeps it positive. It happened in the fourth quarter. It was like a, a play. Um, dude kind of just broke through the line of scrimmage. And um, I tried to spin on him. And then he ended up, you know, grabbing my ankle and foot and kind of like turning it. Yeah, I was able to I, I was able to still finish the game out and still play. Um, I ended up getting like a 14-yard run the next play, I think, or next two plays. It was just it was just hurting. It was just sore the whole time. Um, I feel good, you know. Um, obviously, you know, it's going to take you day to day, you know, and see how, see how everything feels throughout the course of the week. Yeah, but I feel good. I can't complain. I'm just still continuing to understand that I'm playing this game of football that I love, and, um, and I'm just continually trying to get better, you know. So, obviously, this hasn't been, a, this hasn't been you know, the ideal year, but we're going to try to string some games together and, and, you know, get a little win streak going, get some momentum going. Um, you never know what can happen, you know. I mean, I remember my rookie year, the Steelers, we were 8-8, eight and eight, and um, we missed the playoffs by a missed field goal um, in the Kansas City game. So it's been a long time since I haven't made the playoffs, you know. So it is a little – it's a lot different, you know, for me. This league is, you know, you never know. So obviously we got to try to do our best to win games. The main thing that we want to do is win out, understanding that's going to be tough. And, you know, we got a lot of, you know, good opponents ahead of us. But, you know, I'm confident that this group can, you know, we can put some things together um, and try to make a run. Sunday night, all eyes were on the Ravens and the Pats. It was a look at one of the all-time greats in Tom Brady versus the present and future of the league, Lamar Jackson. Jackson stops on the dime, slides past Van Noy, and is out of bounds. Man, that's a video game right there. It was the video game Lamar Jackson who stole the spotlight, though, handing New England their first loss of the season. Lamar is a special player, and our guys shared their thoughts on his game now and how they see it changing the longer he's in the league. He is like a creative player on Madden out there, the plays he makes uh, and what he does, how he leads that uh, offense and how he leads that team uh, at such a young age and, you know, being so early in his career. It's um, admirable. Uh, really, it's, it's fun to watch him play just as a, a fan of the game, um, not even a player. It's fun to watch him play. Everybody knew that was going to be a crazy atmosphere that game. What more can you ask for? Sunday night in Baltimore, going against the under one of the undefeated teams of the NFL. You know, the fans going to bring it. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. And then the players going to play hard. And that's what they did. And they came away with a big win and gave the Patriots their first loss of the season. Tom Brady, in my opinion, is the GOAT. But Lamar, he's making himself known in this in this league he's he's a force i know we got to play him out here in a in a couple of weeks on monday night football so that'll be exciting hopefully we can stop him from doing uh some of the stuff that he did uh against the patriots i hope i feel like in college when you have a dominant player and then these nfl teams draft that dominant player especially if it's a quarterback you should mold the offense around what they do good right they should have a system kind of built around them and to fit them that's what made them so successful and that's why you you know had a liking to them and that's why you drafted them so it doesn't surprise me at all that these teams are like okay yes he is the best player available for us on the board we're going to take him and we're going to mold it around him and we're going to make him 
uh, great like he was in college. So it doesn't surprise me at all. What makes Lamar different, Cole? I watched a little bit of that game last night, and, you know, he's he's so athletic and such a unique player. I'm a hard guy to tackle in space. He, he's, you know, a fun guy to watch. You can win with, with both a running quarterback and one that sticks in the pocket and gets the ball out. Both of them are very hard to defend. It depends, you know, on what kind of offense you're running and who you want at quarterback to lead the way and how you want to do it, really. You know, it's frustrating for a D lineman when you're, you know, trying to get to Brady and he, he gets the ball out, you know, quick all the time. He's So they're wearing down the defense. They're, they're probably giving it their all and, and, and trying harder and harder to get that sack because they can't get to him. And I'm sure it's frustrating and takes a lot of persistence as a defense, you know, because he really gets it out of his hand quick. And that's what makes it tough. You know, Lamar can extend plays and, and make plays last forever and wear out D-linemen too. So, you know, they're both tough to defend either way. It just depends how your offense is built and what you want to do. You can win with either either one of them. The Patriots have been rolling all season, and everyone was raving about that defense. But Lev, he had a sense of what was coming up against the Ravens. After playing the Patriots twice, it really didn't surprise me that Lamar did what he did against the Patriots. Just because, like, you know, the Patriots, they kind of do everything right, and – you know, they're always in their gaps and, and, and assignment sound and things like that. But when you got a quarterback who can, like, who can control the game, you know, they can run it, pass it. I feel I feel like, you know, the Patriots usually tend to kind of struggle with that. It's not like saying that the, you know, Ravens are better than the Patriots or the Patriots are better than the Ravens. It's just I just kind of knew, like, it, the time was coming. You know, the, the Patriots have been playing great football throughout the course of the year. It's Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean? Obviously, he's, we know he's capable of doing that. You know, he can throw, throw it and run it. He's probably one of the greatest running quarterbacks, if not the greatest running, back, running quarterbacks ever. So he, he runs literally like a, a elusive running back, and he can throw it, you know, with the best anybody in the league. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I'm sure he wants to win every game, but, yeah, definitely being the Patriots and it, it was undefeated and, you know, all the hype about the Patriots defense and things like that, you know, I'm sure he came in with that mindset like, yeah, I'm about to snap. And that's what he did. Now, I feel what Le'Veon is saying, but I was surprised. You know, I've always said that he throws like Randall Cunningham. He runs like Michael Vick. And what's crazy is there's a part of his game that we're not talking about. My guy is intelligent. He has a high football IQ. And with all that talk about the New England Patriots defense, oh, these guys are the boogeyman. Ooh, we're coming off of Halloween. And Lamar Jackson just unmasked the boogeyman like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode. I think Lamar is the closest thing the quarterback position has ever had to Allen Iverson. We've seen wide receivers cross a guy over. We've seen Barry Sanders. We've seen Saquon shake dudes. But think about that for a second. We haven't seen anything like this at the quarterback position. Michael Vick was fast. He was like Usain Bolt with the football. Cam Newton's like quarterback LeBron. But Lamar Jackson, man, he's Allen Iverson, bro, which basically means he's the answer. In this next man up league, QB controversies are part of the game. But it's becoming more evident. A good backup goes a long way. This NFL season, the Giants finally moved on from Eli. Gardner Minshew stole Nick Foles' starting spot for a little while in Jacksonville, while Drew Brees missed six games and the Saints didn't skip a beat. And our guys, they discuss. Having a solid backup quarterback is definitely important. There's a ton of teams who have been down their starting quarterbacks and backups have had to come in and do their thing. Um, you, you had Carolina. You had Jacksonville. You had even now Kansas City. Um, you had the Colts. 
You got Pittsburgh, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints. Denver, BA, Brandon Allen. He used to be one of my teammates in Jacksonville. Uh, the Titans. A good handful of teams who have used multiple quarterbacks this year. So I think that is important that you have a solid uh, backup who can lead the offense and lead a team. I think a lot of those quarterbacks you just named, though, they're, like, in good, like, systems. They have, like, you know, the coaches to, like, help the quarterback for success, if that makes sense, you know. So it's, like, the system that they're in, like, especially, like, the Chiefs, like, that system, you know, when Alex Smith was there with, you know, uh, Andy Reid, it was like, oh, that Alex Smith was snapping, you know. And then he goes to a different team. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of it has to do with the coaching too, you know. Um, if you don't put coach, if you don't put the quarterback in, in good situations, you know, I don't think the quarterbacks perform well unless they're talented quarterbacks, unless they're just straight up talented. But, you know, if you got, you know, a guy who can just, you know, read coverages and, make all the right throws and plays, you can kind of plug them in in the system and they can succeed, you know. It's just simple football, you know, and the coaches kind of put them in the right situations. Cole has seen all of this go down before. You remember what happened in Dallas with Romo. I mean, you, you go into the season thinking Romo's going to be your guy. You, you work with him all off season, and then, you know, things happen and it's it's next man up, you know, so... Um, next thing we know, Tony Tony gets hurt in the preseason game, and then Dax comes Dak comes in, first series complete completes a few passes and and does a really good job, and then end up having to go with him during the season as well because Tony was was out for extended time. So you never know if a guy's a gamer or not until you get there. And you know, Dak truly was a gamer. You know, we lost our first one, but you know after that we really got rolling. You can't really, at my position, you can't really worry about who's playing quarterback. I still got to get ready for my job and, and get ready to go out there and play and get open for him and try to help him as much as possible. Especially when he, he was a young guy coming in, you maybe have to play a little better than than maybe you would with Tony or you don't know that, you know what I mean? So um, you really got to be on your A game and just make sure you're doing your best for him and, and being exactly where he thinks um, you are. But really, you know, it really wasn't that much of adjustment because he did, he did such a good job. We won, I think, 11 straight after that. And uh, went on to be 13 to three. So I mean, at the time, Tony got healthy, and then it was just like, well, we just we've won like nine straight or whatever. I don't I don't remember how many it was when he came back, but it's like, all right, we haven't lost yet. We got to keep going with him right now. You know, is you know, Dak really took advantage of his opportunity, and that's that's part of the NFL, and that happens, man. So really, you don't want to get hurt in this league because you know stuff like that might happen, and it was kind of crazy to be a, to be a part of, but it was a lot of fun. You know, winning 11 straight though. A lot of screen time this week for the guy who holds up the replay monitor for officials when they review a call on the field. That's it. That's all he does. Not a bad gig. Got us wondering what odd jobs our guys have had in the past and what they would be doing if they weren't professional athletes. I mean, my whole life I've been sports. Now I'm thinking about it. It's been school and sports. Like, that's literally been my whole life. I mean, if I wasn't a football player, I'm like, I mean, honestly, I think I'm, I, I love animals, and like especially like dogs. I have a lot of dogs, but like, I love animals in general. I think I'd be involved with animals in some type of way. I don't know about being like a vet. That might have been too much school for me. <laughs> nah, but, uh, you know, something like a vet or like working at the zoo or, you know, just being around animals, you know, even like at PetSmart or something. Just just because it's like, that's how I, I genuinely love animals like that. You know, it don't really matter what type, type of animals outside of snakes. I don't, I don't I, reptiles, period, for real. I like alligators, but like, 
no other like reptiles like i don't like lizards and geckos and snakes like i don't like that but like all the animals that got fur you know like hamsters and you know even little mice you know dogs obviously cats i, I love i love animals like that love them so they probably had to do something with animals even feathers i can do with birds too you know what I'm saying? even feathers but when it's like scaly skin they just like slithering. You don't really know what they're thinking. Like, I don't know. They 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 get me nervous. They make me nervous. You know what I'm saying? I it was crazy because my, my uncle when I was younger had an alligator. So he had like a little small little pet gator. And that's the reason why I can deal with alligators. Cause I I used to like pick the alligator up and messing with it a little bit when I was younger. But any other reptile can't rock with it. Who are you, Dr. Doolittle? You know what every other animal is thinking? What about you, Cole? When I was growing up, I had a buddy named Wesley Story whose whose dad had a trailer and a bunch of lawn mowing equipment. So I really kind of hooked up with him and we both worked on yards together, um, cut people's grass. I did that at first for a while. And then like a real job, I worked at 24 hour fitness for a little bit. And after that, that was it. That was the only, the only two jobs I really had. I don't have a lot of job experience at the age of 30. I actually might still, still coach at a high school at some point, you know, when my, my kids get old enough to and they they start playing and everything. I don't I don't know exactly how if I'll like really be employed or and make money or or what or just help out. But I want to do that anyway. And but I wouldn't want to coach college or or the NFL because all the traveling and and the hours are crazy. So I would rather it be a little bit more laid laid back and more fun. I do high school and coach my kids a little bit. Be more meaningful to me. What about you, Jalen? I worked on a farm in high school for a little bit in the summers, getting a little extra money, sweeping up hay, moving stuff, whatever the case may have been. That's probably the something that you probably wouldn't guess, like, oh, Jalen probably had that type of job. If I wasn't a football player, I would, of course, love to say I would be uh, I would be a track athlete. I did long jump, of course, um, in college, won the ACC a few times. So I would, of course, love to say that, but if I'm taking myself completely out of sports, I would hopefully be like a high school coach somehow in some way. I got to be around the game somehow. <laughs> Drew Brees had Twitter buzzing this week when he delivered an epic pregame speech to his alma mater at Purdue before their game on Saturday. Every time you step on the field, you have to play this game with energy, emotion, and excitement. Energy, emotion, and excitement. One play at a time because you don't know what play is going to be the most important play in the game. The Boilermakers came away with a dub on a TD in the final minutes. Coincidence? I don't think so. We asked our guys about some great motivators they encountered on or off the field. Who would you want in your locker room, Lev? I seen Drew Brees' speech. I think that's what got Purdue over the hump for real in that game. I think I think as a as a quarterback, you don't really see too many guys that's like Drew Brees. It's usually like a like a linebacker or like a safety that like kind of gets guys hyped like that. But you got a quarterback and it's a guy that's your leader. He has all the right things to say. He can motivate guys to play the game of football in the right sense with that passion and, and fire. That was just undeniable, you know, and I think he really helped the boys go out there and, and win that game at home because it was a good game. But I just think they kind of closed it out at the end. Just just that extra motivation maybe from from that from that speech. I think that kind of really got him there. Imagine if like if like Martin Luther King could give us a speech. That would be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like my person that's dead would be Martin Luther King. The person that's alive, I would say Denzel Washington. I think Denzel Washington can really give like some great motivational words. He he he'd be number one, and then I think at number two I put Will Smith. I put Will Smith at number two. I follow him on Instagram, so it's like a lot of the a lot of the things that he talks about, like on your daily. Uh, 
like just going through it daily or having to fail to succeed and things like that. He kind of like motivates people just with his words, you know? I mean, he's doing that on Instagram. So I can only imagine if he's really talking to like a group, solely a group to go out there and do a job. No, I think it'd be something special, to be honest. Denzel, you don't really get to catch him as much. When he when Denzel actually does step out and he says some words, it kind of like goes viral every time. You know, he, he don't got on Instagram or anything, but it's like when they do put Denzel Washington in front of a mic and he talks, it's just like, damn, he got some violent points like, all the time. It's like literally at that every time. So that's all, that's the reason why those two are so different. But at the same time, I, I would love to hear both of them, you know, talk to the locker room. Martin Luther live out here, man. Cole up next. The person, like, in any situation that I'm going through, whether good or bad, if I ever want some insight from anybody, I feel like if I go talk to my dad, like, he always either pulls me up out of a hole or brings me down or whatever. You know, he, he finds a way to level me out. I don't know. It's like he always knows the right things to say. He's the best, like, motivator or speaker that I've ever, and he was a coach for, for 30 years, so, I mean, he had a lot of practice, so. Could just be because I'm biased and he's my dad, so it means a little bit, bit more coming from him. But you know, anytime I need some type of pump up speech or any or get out of a hole or a slump that I'm in, I talk to him every time and he he pulls me out of it. All right, here's Jalen. Tevin Smith uh, used to give us really good pregame speeches, even in, from when we were in college at Florida State and even um, when we were in Jacksonville. He gave pregame speeches that was second to none. It, it was always real. It always came from his heart. So that's why we let him do his thing and lead the team the way that he led. Uh, yeah, we had special guest speakers here and there, but nobody delivered it like Tevin. You know what's wild? At a very young age in the league, I became the motivational speaker in the locker room. And it wasn't like I wanted to. It was something that naturally happened. I remember my center in Detroit, Dominic Rayola, shout out to Dom. He would come to me before the game. This could be preseason, regular season, postseason, and he would say, Nate, Give me that hardcore, touch your soul, Super Bowl shit. And I'm like, Dom, bro, this is preseason game number two, bro. <laughs> you want me to muster that up right now? He's like, Nate, bro, I'm not here for these games. You my guy. Give me what I need. So I never took a game off. I didn't care about what the scenario was, what the circumstances were, what the context to the game was. I went hard. I came real poetic. It was never predetermined. I usually felt the vibe of the team. And then I would go out there and get these dudes going. Now, there were certain games where I would basically take what was going on in the city and I would pull it right onto the football field. So being in Detroit, I was there when the city went bankrupt. And I would talk to the team. And I remember looking at them guys and I'm saying, you know what's going on in this city. There's people out here hurting. There's crime, there's schools being shut down. There's people that can't afford to put food on their plate every night. Yet and still, those people are in this stadium. For the next 60 minutes, give everything you got because you will determine the next seven days. I was like, do it for more than the money in your pocket. Do it for more than the name on your back. Do it for the colors of this jersey, the logo on this helmet, and the fucking city that you play in. And I remember just talking and looking up. A couple guys had tears in their eyes. A couple dudes just like breathing hard frantically because they want to go out there and run through a brick wall. And I looked at Dom and Dom 
welled up with tears. He looked at me, gave me that nod, and was like, that's it. And we went to play. We're at the halfway point of the NFL season, and we thought we'd step back and pay homage to some of the top-tier talent through eight games. Our guys put together their all-star teams, NFL street style. But here are the rules. One QB, two skill players, and two defensive players. And you can't pick yourself or a teammate. Cole, who you got? Damn, there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now, man. All right, let me, I'll come to the quarterback last. Let me, let me get my weapons first, all right? I would take Tyreek Hill as one of my weapons. And then, ooh, this is hard. It's like two and two. How am I supposed to pick that? I don't know what kind of offense I'm running here. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Patrick Mahomes, my quarterback, and the other receiver. I'm gonna have Julio Jones, and then defensive players. I'm gonna take. Dude, I don't know. I can't pick defense. This is impossible. I'm gonna take Earl Thomas as one. Probably my favorite safety. I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I picked Tyreek because, you know, you can do so many things with him. And he's just so damn fast. You know what I mean? So speed kills. Julio's a freak. Big as hell, can run routes. He's fast too. And Mahomes can throw it to anywhere that they can run to. And then defense, Earl Thomas. I used to hate playing against him because it was like, I never knew where he was going to be at. He was all over the field. It seemed like he was everywhere. And he would kind of start over here. He was a lot like... Like, Palomalu was the same way to me. They were kind of all over the place and had a lot of freedom when I played against them, so I never knew where they were going to be at. And real savvy, always made plays. Then he had a lot of picks against us, Earl Thomas did. And then if it's like a it's like a spread-out game, I want one of the top corners in the league to cover as well. So Jalen Ramsey is what it is. I like his dog mentality and his attitude. So And Earl Thomas is a dog as well, so I want dogs on my team. Jalen, who you got? I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson just because – all right, if, if you put Deshaun Watson in, uh, you know, NFL Street, volume 2019, whatever you want to call it, he going to make a miss on one of the sack attempts, going to throw the ball, maybe he'll scramble, get some yards. I'm going to go with Deshaun. Video game Deshaun, NFL Street. All right, so I got him as my quarterback. And then I'll probably go Dalvin Cook right now, one of my former teammates too. So, uh, you know, I'm a little biased on that. But I think Dalvin, it's it's a lot of running backs playing real, really well right now. Dalvin, Christian McCaffrey, my dog Leonard. But I think Dalvin, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league right now as far as what he's been doing this year. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as the other one for the offense. Just because if we're thinking about street, he's fast. He, don't, he athletic, might jump off the wall, whatever it may be. Two defense players, I'm going to uh, go hybrids on both of these probably then. I'm going to go um, like linebackers who can cover or safeties who can kind of tackle a little bit. Let me think. Um, sheesh, this one's tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go Bobby Wagner. Bobby got a little speed. I'm going to go Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas. Yeah, that's I ain't going to lie. These two defenses was tough, but I'm going to go Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas. What about you, Lev? Who you picking? Quarterback, I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. All right, two skill players offensively. I will go Saquon Barkley, and I will go Tyreek Hill. I mean, he can do everything. I mean, he's like – He's a player who literally can do everything. He can break long runs, break tackles, run inside, outside the tackle, get on the edge. He can block. I mean, I don't know if he can throw. Maybe he can't because they haven't let him do it yet. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't need him to. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy. You know, I think him and Tyreek Hill are guys like you get those guys the ball in space and then, you know, everybody just watch, just watch them go crazy. Defensively, 
Okay, so I got Tyreek Hill and you know, running back. Saquon. So I right, I'm gonna pick a linebacker on a DB. I'm still gonna go with Luke Keekley. And then I'm trying to find a DB. Ooh, DB hard. I'm gonna go with my guy Jalen. I'm gonna go with Jalen Ramsey. Luke Keekley is because he literally knows the play. He I, I don't know, I don't know how much film he watched, but I know he has to watch tons of film. Cause it's like I played against him uh in 2014, I think. But when I played against him, I remember him calling out every play. Every like the way it's, it's like I don't know. It's like the way we line up, or he he know the direction. He know if it's a run pass, and then you can kind of watch him on TV. If you hear him on TV copies, he's like still calling out the plays. Like oh, this, you know what I'm saying? The guy right here, you pulling or oh, the pass? You know what I'm saying? Like he letting everybody know. So mentally, he just like he's ahead of everybody. So that's why Luke, I gotta have him out there cause just dictating the defense, letting everybody know where we going. Jalen, I gotta have him because one. He's probably the best man corner in the league. And two, he's going to get in your head. He's going to be talking a lot of trash to you. He's going to get you out of your game. That's when he wins. That's what he does. And he makes plays on the ball. He has great hands for a DB. I can't not pick him. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to go against that. All right, so I can't pick teammates either. So my teammates are Cole Beasley, Le'Veon, and Jalen, of course. So I'm going to leave those guys out because y'all would be on my team. You know what I'm saying? But quarterback, right out the gate, I'm going with Russell Wilson. I can't believe none of y'all chose Russ. You kidding me? He's the MVP right now. And then Christian McCaffrey, run CMC. My wide receiver is going to be... Yeah, I'm going Tyreek Hill. I can't argue with that. And then Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald. And my coach, Kyle Shanahan. This week, the Browns actually released Jermaine Whitehead, a safety for the team, after he was threatening haters on social media. He also used some remarks that some would say were quite racist. It also led to the company suspending his account. That's real consequences for somebody lashing out on social media. Our guys, they talk about how they handle responding to fans and critics on social. What's poppin', Jalen? I hate to see that, man. I hate to see that happen and somebody get released because of that happening. So I feel like things like that can be avoided. I would just give the advice that, you know, when you're mad or, you know, got something going on, maybe just get off, just get off social media. Twitter trolls are going to be Twitter trolls. Instagram trolls are going to be Instagram trolls. You can't pay them no mind. Uh, block them. I mean, that's a simple way to not look at what they say and block them or turn off your notifications. I know for Twitter, I have my notifications completely off. I don't see. And for Instagram, if I see something, I just block you real quick. Or either, or either I just limit my comments. If I, if y'all are just gonna be under my picture trolling, I'm just gonna limit my comments so only certain people can be under there. Um, just to keep any negativity away from what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to remain on a, you know, positive route and positive energy. So that's all I'm gonna feed into. I'm not gonna feed into any other negativity or the negative negative energy. You know, some teams have really good PR staff. I'm sure most teams don't. I mean, I say some teams. But I'm sure most teams have really good PR who can help you if you build a relationship with them, get to know them. Also, you know, with your friends and the team you surround yourself with, just people who actually going to look out for you and tell you what's right and what's wrong, not just yes man around you or whatever the case may be. That would be my, I guess, my tips, my advice. It, it possibly is easier said than done, I guess. I don't know, for some people, I'm sure. But for me, it's just easy. <laughs> If you've been listening to us this season, you've heard Cole talk about the moment he snapped that their fan started talking about his family after he fumbled in the game. Cole, he changed his whole approach since then. I read a book, actually. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. 
I don't know if I can say that, but that's what the book's called. And he talked a lot about what social media does and how it affects you. And I don't know why I had to read that book to know that. I already knew that, but just hearing someone else say it, I guess, and, and going depth about it kind of made me want to change kind of how I was living my life. It makes you sort of live life for other people instead of yourself. I got away from it. It's been great ever since. There's so many voices out there that you don't need to hear that don't know shit and don't know anything about what you're doing, but they sit here and comment on it. So it's there's no point in in reading that stuff, really. Fuck social media, man. <laughs> what do you think, Lev? Yeah, me personally, I, th I think uh, I've learned just over the course of my years, like, you know, when I'm frustrated or angry or something happens, just to kind of stay off of social media. Because at the end of the day, if you respond to somebody, like, a you know what I'm saying, this, like a fan or a troll, somebody's trolling on social media, whatever, if you respond, they win. And I understand that. I understand that if they're talking, if they say, oh, Le'Veon Bell, you suck. And I, even if I respond, okay, it's like they won. Like they got your attention. They know they got your attention. It's like they won. I understand that. I pick my spots. I pick and choose my spots on when I want to respond. I never respond when I'm angry or frustrated or, or anything just because the words kind of come out different. So sometimes I'll read something and I'll just sit on it for like three, four days. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't even know why I'm about to respond to that, you know, because I'm in a whole different mood. That's why I usually like, you know, if we lose a game or something or if I have a bad game or if I don't feel like I played well, I won't even get on social media because it kind of entices you to respond just seeing all the negative comments and things like that. So I always try to stay in a positive place. So heaven forbid, if I do get on social media and I respond, I don't respond when I'm angry or I'll just ignore it, you know, and I, I think... That's probably what he should have did, you know, because uh, he, he responded out of anger, you know, and then you say things like that that you really don't necessarily may, may mean, but just in that moment you felt that way. It, it cost, you, cost him a job. You know, I, I wish the best for him, and I hope something, something good happens for him out of this, but um, he gets another chance or something. But, you know, that's why I, t I try to stay away from the social media, especially when I'm angry. It's time to wrap this episode with another edition of Quick Outs. The part of the show where our guys share their off-the-field passions, hobbies, and whatever else makes them more than athletes. It's back. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is back. No, it's not a sponsor. I'm not perpetuating stereotypes by saying, hey, ooh, I like some chicken. But NFL players like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Diggs, they made it known that they're running over to get one after the game or to wait in line. You too, Jalen? <laughs> Back, I had two of them um, when they first dropped. It was me and my girl, man. Back. Me and my girl, we was, uh, we, I was still in Jacksonville at the time. We drove around, went to the first one, sold out, went to the second one, sold out, went to the third one in Jacksonville, third Popeyes, and they had them. And the line was long. The line was, we had to wait. I'm not gonna lie, we had to wait a good 35 minutes. We was like, man, we gotta see what the hype about. We get up there, and I was like, man, I might not get to try it no more, so I'm gonna order a lot. I ordered like four, and I had two. She had one, and then I think I gave one to. Um, my marketing manager, uh, Brian Brady. They were good, man. Comparing them to Chick-fil-A, um, it's a better sandwich. Uh, but Chick-fil-A is just more more reliable. Uh, Popeyes, they weren't ready for their blessings. They didn't know their chicken sandwiches were gonna be that popping, but they were. Um, and now, with the with the Popeyes chicken sandwiches coming back, I'm definitely gonna hit up Popeyes. But I'm, I'm kind of worried a little bit about the quality of them, because now they mass producing them. So I don't know if they're going to be as good. I don't know if they're going to be as good Louisiana chicken. But they might be. Cole? Bro, I like Popeyes, but I've never had this chicken sandwich that people are talking about at Popeyes. I'm going to have to go try it out. 
I don't really, I used to eat fast food a lot like when I was young, but I don't, I don't eat it near as much anymore. If I were to have a go-to fast food, I would go to Whataburger. That's Texas, Texas baby, let's go. I'll go with the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich is what I would go with. That's my favorite thing from a fast food place or like a, a Wendy's Frosty. My two favorite things. I'll still, I'll door dash a Wendy's Frosty every now and then. Have you tried it, Liv? <laughs> I'm so mad about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. I done been to three Popeye's on three separate occasions and they've been sold out every single time. And I just want to try the sandwich because it's been so hyped up. So like when I get a chance to try it, hopefully by next week, Y'all gonna hear me talk on this podcast and I'll get, better give you a review. But right now, this this sandwich better be A++++ because it's been sold out every single time I went. Every time. I'm gonna try again today, actually, now I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna try to go to Popeye's today and get the chicken sandwich. But they're always sold out every time I go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. This show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, listen here. Be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when every new episode drops on Thursdays. And if you like what you heard, you know what to do. Share the show. Spread the love. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, a.k.a. Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show is produced by Gabe Goodwin, Ben Redman, Mike Midas, Matt Ford, Josh Rodriguez, and Paul Miller. Sound design and music by Steve Porter, our executive producer, TD St. Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Shout out on this episode, a special shout out, Cam Newton. Get well, young king. This game ain't the same without you. Till next time, it's 17 weeks. We out.